Hi, this is Father Mike Schmitz on the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. Now, I'm re-recording this homily because I was kind of traveling all out and about and I was um, in a number of different parishes this weekend just kind of filling in for a brother priest who, who is taking a great break, a really well, well-deserved break. And an interesting thing, you know, I went up north, far, far up north in northern Minnesota to some of these parishes that literally I've never been to. And so all week what was happening and my prayer and in my preparation for this weekend, for this Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, is this recognition of like, I have no idea who these people are. Like, I have no idea who they are. And this is the thing, so what do they need to hear? What, what is it, where are they at? Like, what, um, what kind of words does the Lord want to speak to them? Now, I believe that God always speaks to us. We go to Mass and whether the homily is for us or it's, if it's for someone else, doesn't matter. The Lord always has a word for us. God always has a word for us. But still, I had this question, like, who are they? And I think that's almost one of the pieces that I, I think of when I'm re-recording this. You know, um, those of you who are listening, some, some of many of you have heard from, whether it be a, uh, an actual letter or an email or some kind of connection. Or others, I just think, okay, who, I don't know who they are. Who are you? Now, there's going to be actually a little bit of an answer to that at the end of this, at the end of this homily. If you could just give me a quick favor by listening to the end of this short, it's a shorter homily than normal. Um, because it has a little favor that I'm going to ask of you at the end of this. But here comes back to the question, who are you? No, I, I really honestly believe this. I believe that one of the principal tasks of just being a human being is being able to answer that question with accuracy. Who are you? I mean, and, and I just, I think it's a big question. And I'm going to say this again. One of the principal tasks of being a human being, do you know who you are? Who are you? Can you answer that question with accuracy? Now, we could probably, a lot of us can answer that question, but whether we answer it with accuracy is a whole nother issue. Because I, you know, we're often mistaken. So here's an example. You probably, I'm sure some of you have taken like these personality tests, like a, like a Myers-Briggs test or a Strengths Finder test or a Temperaments quiz, one of those kind of things. So I used to really kind of be really interested in finding out about myself. I wanted to answer that question. Who am I? Like, what kind of person am I? So I would take these personality tests or these strengths finders and I get the results back and I'd be like, this, this isn't who I am. This isn't me. This is not really an accurate reflection of who I am. And the problem was not in the tests. The problem was in the test taker. Like I, when I would answer those questions, I wouldn't tell the truth. I mean, not, I'm not, I wasn't trying to deceive myself, but what I was doing is I was answering the questions based off of who I wanted to be or who I would like to see myself as rather than the truth, which is, who am I? Because we do this all of the time. Rather than actually tell the truth about who we are, we often fall into this trap of self-editing, right? Where we just kind of, we forget the things that are convenient to forget. We remember those things that we most want to remember, or we do it in a self-condemning way, where we forget the things that are good about us, and we only remember the things that are bad about us. Oftentimes, we're not able to answer this big question, who are you, with any degree of honesty. And yet, in the Bible today, in the Gospel today, we, we see this picture of a man, John the Baptist, and he's able to answer the question because that's what everyone's asking. They want to know, who is John the Baptist? Who is he? John, who are you? And he's able to answer this question both, pos both positively and negatively. Positively, he says, you know, I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. I am the baptizer. He says, I am preparing the way. Positively, that's who I am. But he also answers negatively by saying, I am not. 
Those three words are so important. I am not the Christ. I am not the one you're waiting for. I am not. And if we were able to say those words, those words, what I, we are, I am, and I am not, with truth, we'd be living in humility. We're talking about humility a little bit this morning. And I know that sometimes when you hear the word, word, the virtue of humility, we think like, okay, humility is like when someone says, oh, you're a really good singer. We're like, oh, no, not really. Not this morning. My voice is all, you know, or we think when someone says, wow, you did that fantastically well. That humility is when you're like, oh, shucks. I, uh, no, you did it well. No, that's called false humility. Humility, really simply put, is nothing other than this. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's not thinking poorly of yourself. It's not always thinking that other people are greater. Humility is simply telling the truth about yourself. Humility is merely telling the truth, who I am and who I am not. Now, humility is so important. Telling the truth about ourselves is so important. You would think that it's the first and easiest virtue for any person to have. And wouldn't you, I mean, if we think about this, all humility is, you don't have to actually do anything new to be humble. You don't have to achieve anything. You don't have to craft yourself into the kind of person who, you know, fills in the blank here. Humility is simply telling the truth about yourself. You think that humility would be the first and the easiest virtue for anyone to have. I mean, honestly, after 10 seconds of like self-reflective thought, Say, yeah, this is who I am. And humility is merely acknowledging that truth. Why is it so hard for us to actually have the virtue of humility? I think it's because of this. I think because most of us like to pretend. Most of us, we like to live under the illusion and we don't actually tell the truth about who we are and who we are not. And yet, this is so important. Humility is so important. It is actually the first move of the spiritual life. That and now I mentioned earlier that the, the first task, the principal task of a human being is to know who you are and who you are not. If you want to be a saint, and my guess is if you're listening to this, you want to be a saint very, very badly. That in order to be a saint, the first move is humility. In fact, St. Augustine back in the fourth century, he said the three keys, the three foundations, the three um, essential elements to holiness are this. The three essential elements to holiness are this. Humility, 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 that if we're not willing to stop pretending and start actually just telling the truth, this is who I am, this is who I am not, we can't have any of the other virtues. In fact, I think he went on to say something along the lines of he said this, without the virtue of humility, we cannot have the other virtues. We can only have the appearance of virtue. I'm going to say that again. Without the virtue of humility, we can't have the other virtues. We can only have the appearance of of the other virtues. So without humility, without the truth, I can't really be a just person. I can only appear to be a just or pretend to be a just person. Without the, the virtue of humility, without telling the truth, I can't really be um, a virtuous or sorry, a person of fortitude or a person of temperance. I can't be a person of hope if I'm, unless I'm willing to just acknowledge the truth and stop pretending. In fact, I would say this, almost all of life's problems particularly with relationships, almost all of our inability to experience joy comes from this, our unwillingness to simply tell the truth about who I am and who I am not. It leads us to this being in comparison and in, in com competition with so many people around us. In fact, it's, it's like this. 
the person who has the virtue of humility, if they meet another person who's better than them, again, and that's an important thing to be able to say, no, there are people who are better than me. I am not as good as fill in the blank. As an example, this last weekend, I, in this, this weekend right now, I'm filling in for a priest. His name is Father Drew. I am not as generous as Father Drew is. He has the hugest heart. Such a good man. I am not as good a pastor as Father Drew is. And I liked, I would love to be. But I can allow that. I am not. I am not as good as him to make me emulate that. And like, yeah, I'm going to strive after that. I want to, I want, I want to be better now. I can let that recognition of I am not as good as him to make me strive to be better. Or I can let that recognition I am not as good as him to allow my heart to become bitter. I can ruin my life by a lack of humility. We can all ruin our lives by a lack of humility. In fact, there's a story. I know you've all heard of Mozart. I'm sure you've probably heard of the movie Amadeus. It's on Netflix right now, so a limited time only. So check it out or not. I'm not sure you don't need to watch it. Anyways, in the movie Amadeus about Mozart, there is a character, Antonio Salieri. Now, Antonio Salieri was a composer about six years older than Mozart. He was incredible and incredibly gifted. He actually had gone on to, he trained Beethoven, he trained Schubert, I think. So he was a really fantastic composer. In the movie, when he encounters Mozart's genius, rather than marveling in it, in fact, I think the, the movie has the character Salieri um, say that since he knows music so well, since Salieri is so incredibly gifted and talented when it comes to music, that virtually no one else can recognize the genius of Mozart like Salieri can. But rather than him seeing Mozart and saying, that's fantastic, let me rejoice in the beauty this man can create through his composing, in the movie, Salieri becomes bitter. And rather than enjoying and saying, this man is great, I am not as good as Mozart, allowing that to make him a better composer, allowing that to make him a better person, telling the truth, I am not as good as Mozart, made him a bitter person. This can happen to all of us. I, that's why I pray. I just think that one of the best things that can happen to us is on a weekly basis if we meet someone who is better than us. Now, again, I know you're probably thinking like, what, better? No, Father, no, no one's better than anyone else. No, no, that's false. There are people who are better than others. Like, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And if, I, you, if you were to say, well, I'm, I'm offended by that. I don't, I don't like the idea that someone's better than me. I would say, then what you need to do is have a little less pride and a little more humility because of this. Because the truth is, I am. And the truth is, I am not. I am good at some of the things I do. I am not the best at them. There's someone else that is better than me at those things. In fact, there's people who are better than I am at the things that I most, most pride myself upon. And when I meet those people, I have a decision. I can either pretend and enter this competition and this comparison, and, or I can tell the truth and I can have joy. Because if you want to learn how to deny yourself the joy of life, don't tell the truth. Just keep pretending. Don't acknowledge that I am good, but I am not as good as someone else. Because what happens is we end up becoming deaf to the truth and blind to the truth and even numb to the truth. Without a willingness to acknowledge the truth, we can, can never hear the voice of truth. Here's what I mean by this. If I have to keep defending myself, 
I'm never going to tell the truth about myself. Imagine, here's a person who goes to confession. It's been 20 years, Father, since my last confession. Now, when that happens for me, I'm just, I'm so excited. When someone says, Father, it's been 20, 30 years since, the last, since my last confession, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. I cannot wait. Go, let's do this. You know, can you imagine the joy of being able, because I know that's what joy is going to come. You know, I know the joy that is coming. Imagine laying down 20 years of being away from the Lord, 20 years of sin and just receiving God's mercy and his grace. Like that is a recipe for joy if I've ever heard of one. And someone says, it's been 20 years. And um, I don't know, I kind of, I'd like to, uh, I, I sometimes uh, have an issue with being impatient with my husband. Okay, anything else? Nope, nope, that's it. So what I always do is since I work with college students, high school students, a lot of whom haven't gone to confession since they're sec- you know, they were in second grade, I have the questions. So I say, well, let me just ask you some questions and go through them. Like, you know, have you, have you put God first in your life? I'm like, well, more or less. Well, that means less. Um, have you gone to mass every Sunday? Well, more or less. That means less. Um, have you taken the Lord's name in vain? No, no. Have you uh, said any <clears throat> mean words to anyone? Tried to hurt them with your words or with, you know, physical actions? No. Have you told any lies? Mm-mm. Nope. Have you have you stolen? Nope. I mean, these. I'm like, wow. You either are an incredible saint who just happened to have not been to confession for 20 years, or you're actually blind to the truth about yourself. You're deaf to the truth about yourself. You're unwilling to acknowledge the truth about yourself. Now, what happens is this. Not only is that a bad confession, but what truly happens is. That kind of person at the end of when I say, absolve you of all your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they say, wow, nice talk. Thanks a lot, Father. And they leave. But they're not changed. They're not even entering into joy. Why? Because, again, only when we acknowledge the truth can we hear the voice of truth. Imagine that compared with, this is the truth about myself. Here's who I am. Here's who I am not. And I have this conviction of here's where I have failed to be the person that God has called me to be. And after that, to hear the voice of the Father speaking over you and saying, you now are my redeemed, forgiven, made new son or daughter. That's why, here we are, this is the last thing. On this day, the baptism of the Lord, what do we hear? We hear the voice of the Father speaking out over Jesus Christ, the Son, saying, you are, you are. You are my son. And I have to say that when we're willing to be humble, when we're willing to say, I am not perfect, the father says, I know. And you are my child. And we say, I am not worthy. And the father says, I know. And you are my son. When we say, I am not whole. And the father says, I know. And you are my daughter. When we are willing to stop pretending, but to tell the truth, here's who I am, here's who I am not, it's then and only then that not only can we rejoice when people are great, even better than us, not only can we have joy in just living and just living the truth, but also we get to experience this life-changing, fantastic news, the words and the voice of the Father speaking over you, like he speaks over you right now. You can say, Father, I am not worthy to be called your son or your daughter. And the Father says, I know. And yet, you are my son. And yet, you are my daughter. 
You are my child. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, I don't know who you are necessarily, but I really want to be able to serve you through this um, through this means, through social media, through our website, and through this podcast. Would you be able to help me do that? Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, a good friend, he set up a survey online. Actually, a number of people contributed to this. I'm so grateful for other podcast listeners who contributed to this survey. Now, he put us, crafted a survey and um, our web people put it, it on our homepage. So if you go to bulldogcatholic.org, on the top of that, like the header bar, kind of the, the top bar, it says, please take the survey. If you're part of the online community, click here. If you're part of the local UMB community, click here. If you wouldn't mind, in the next week or two, actually even right now, if you wouldn't mind going to bulldogcatholic.org, clicking on that header and just taking that survey. It's very, very brief. It's very, very brief. But what it can do is it can help us, help me get a good sense of kind of like who, who are we talking to? Who are we serving? Because I just want this to be as, as um, I want these podcasts to be as helpful to you as humanly possible and divinely possible. And one of the things that helps me is if I know just a little bit more about who you are. So again, please, if you wouldn't mind doing, doing me this favor, go to www.bulldogcatholic.org and just click on take our survey for the online community. It, it probably wouldn't take you any more than two minutes. Um, be super grateful. And um, I think it would really ultimately help us make this podcast even better. From all of us here at bulldogcatholic.org, and the community at UMD. Thank you so much. And on the feast of the baptism of the Lord, remember, you are a child of God. He blesses you right now and forever.